know, we have these moments in life where we get these opportunities to, to, st- to step into something new. Um, something new with, with new responsibility and, and, and new understanding and greater joy. And these come all throughout life. And so think about when, when you get your driver's license, right? This, this, this new responsibility that, or, or maybe when you went off to college, this, this new level of joy, this new level of, of freedom. And, and we have these moments all throughout life where, where we get invited to step into to what's next. But it's only through accepting the invitation do you actually get to receive the joy that comes from stepping in. You know, I experienced this in a really small way a couple months ago, my wife and I were going out for dinner or something and the babysitter was coming over to take care of our, our kids. We have three little kids. And so I was, I sat down with my son. I have a seven-year-old girl, five-year-old boy and a two-year-old little girl. And I'm just having a little conversation with my son, just kind of being silly. But um, so I, I got him down, I got down on one knee and, and I looked at him and I said, Jones, mom and I are going out, out for dinner and you're the man of the house for tonight. And so what that means, buddy, is that, that you're the chief servant of his home tonight. So, so that means that you serve your sisters. It, it means that you listen to the babysitter. Um, it means that, that you are kind to everyone in the house. It means that if, if bad guys come, you know, you and I watched Home Alone. And so you know where the iron is, you know where the, you know, you, you know how to defend this house. And so tonight you're the man of this house, right? And he's like, got it, dad. Like I got, got it. And, and so, you know, we, we went out for dinner and we, and we come back and the babysitter, you know, is kind of touching in with us before um, she heads out and, and she says, you know, I, I just got to tell you, Jones was, was so helpful tonight. And I'm like, really? Tell me about that. She said, yeah. She said, I got the, the dinner ready, got them on all their little plates. And, and she said, as soon as I got them on the plates, Jones comes to the kitchen and he, and he carries the plates and he takes them to the table and says, ladies first. And he puts the plates in front of them and, and he's serving and he's listening. And, and, and I'm just like celebrating going, yes. Like there's just something about when, when, when you invite someone to step into a new level of, of understanding and, and responsibility and they actually do it, the, the, the joy in a father's heart, the joy that comes in that moment. You know, this morning, I, I, I sense that, that God is, is just doing something in us. He's doing something in, 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 in you. He's doing something in me. And, and I sense that the thing that God is doing is he's wanting us to take a step into the next thing that God has for us. That there is something that, that God has for us, but only through us stepping through the door, receiving the invitation, do we get the joy? Do we get the understanding? Do we get the responsibility? I'm assuming that, and I'm guessing that, that it's, it's a different step for each of us right, that what that step is, but, but, but my, my, my guess is that, that what God is doing is he's wanting for each of us to take a step into a deeper relationship with him, a, a deeper understanding of, of what he has put us on this planet for. And so I love the story that we're gonna, that we're gonna be in this morning because it's, it's a story in the Old Testament that happened several thousand years ago. Maybe you've never even heard this story before. Um, God's people, had been enslaved for 400 years. They'd been living under an oppressive tyrant in the nation of Egypt, or in the country of Egypt, the city of Egypt, there we go. And, and God brought them out from, from under this, this heavy-handed, oppressive tyrant. And he was gonna bring them into a land that, that they would call home, modern-day Lebanon and, and Syria and Jordan and Israel. This would be the, the land for God's people. And what you see happening in the, books of Ex- in the book of Exodus is that they were too fearful to step in. That God had brought them out from under this oppressive tyrant and, and, and they were too fearful to step into what God had from them. They didn't think that God could deliver them. 
See, although God had something much better for them in store because of fear, because of a lack of faith, they didn't experience all that God intended for them to experience. And I wonder how many of us come here this morning, that's true of us, that, that just on the brink of arm's length, man, that God is inviting us into to, to the new level of, of life with Christ. A, a new understanding of mission, of, of taking Christ, not just into our nation, but into all the nations. And, and it's right on the brink. And I wonder, I go, man, has God been knocking on the heart of the, the door of your heart going, I've got more for you. Right, but we look at our lives just like the Egyptians did and because of fear or because of a lack of faith, we're scared to take a step. And this morning I'm going, I think God is giving us a fresh invitation to step into the life that you've always wanted, the life that God actually created you to live. A life that was fully absorbed with Jesus Christ and his mission to make him known, not just in this nation, but in all nations. So in Joshua chapter three, there's this beautiful moment because People of Israel had, had been in the wilderness for 40 years, afraid to step in. And, and God just essentially says, enough is enough. It's time for my people to step in. So Joshua chapter three, starting in verse one, this is the word of the Lord. We're gonna read the first four verses. It says, early in the morning, Joshua and all the Israelites set out from Shittim and went to the Jordan where they camped before crossing over. After three days, the officers went throughout the camp, giving orders to the people. When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and the Levitical priest carrying it, you are to move out from your positions and follow it. Then you will know which way to go, since you have never been this way before. But keep a distance of about 2,000 cubits between you and the Ark. Do not go near it. And so there's a lot of strange and probably unfamiliar things that are going on in this passage of Scripture, right? Like, where in the world is Shatim? Is that even how you say it? It looks more like a cuss word. Like, what is, what is that? And, and what is the Ark of the Covenant? Like, is, is that the same thing that Noah was on? And, and what about these priests? And why are they talking about cubits? Why not use feet, right? What we use. And, and so there are all these kind of confusing things that we're tempted to read and just kind of skip over, but I'm convinced that God's really doing something in this. So the Ark of the Covenant, just to give us a little catch up of what's going on, was a, this, this small wooden chest, essentially. And the priests would be in charge of carrying it. And so inside of the Ark of the Covenant were these precious keepsakes to the nation of Israel, things that, that, that reminded them of the things that God had done. And so the, the Ark of the Covenant was, was, was this important um, thing to the, the people of God, but more than that, it's what the Ark of the Covenant stood for. And the, what the thing that the Ark of the Covenant stood for was the presence of God. It was more than just the presence of God. It was the place where God met with his people. It's important for you to know that this idea to, to build this thing, it didn't come in the minds of the Israelites that this was in God's heart. And so in Exodus chapter 25, God says, I want you to build this Ark. And in verse 22 of Exodus 25, God says, it's here that I will meet with you. So the ark was, was this symbol of the presence of God. It was this reminder to the people of God that the presence of God was among them. But, but more than that, even beyond that, it was the place where they could, they, they could go and they could encounter God. That they would move from this place of just thinking that God is real to encountering the realness of God. And so the Ark of the Covenant was this important thing, but I don't want you to miss what Joshua was saying because of the distance in time in context, this is what Joshua is saying. When you don't know what to do, look to the Lord. And I felt like that, that was something that we needed to think about this morning. When you don't know what to do, look to the Lord. 
Joshua says, you're about to, to literally step into a, a new terrain that you've never been in before. You literally have no idea where you're going, right? You have no clue. Think about the last time that you were in a place where you had no idea where things were. Maybe it was a new city. Right? When's the last time you were in a city and you're like, I have no idea where anything is. Or, or maybe when you went off to college and someone tells you, hey, you need to, to meet me at this building. And you're like, I don't even know which dorm I'm staying in. How am I supposed to, to know where that, that building is? And, and, and so this is what is happening here. The people of God are, are helpless. God says, I'm gonna bring you into this land. And they're like, we don't even know what to do, what the, to look like. And Joshua says, it's okay. When you don't know what to do, look to the Lord. I sense that God, I've been sensing this for a couple weeks, that, that God is, is wanting us to move into something more. But how many of us come here this morning and we're like, but, but I don't know what to do. Right, think about that. Do you, do you come here this morning and you go, man, I know that God has more for me than the life that I'm living right now. But I don't know what to do. You know, this uh, yesterday morning, I had a, a really fun morning. So I'm coaching my oldest daughter's first and second grade girls basketball team. We lost four to 16. Um, if you have any pointers for coaching first and second grade girls, I welcome them all. Please um, welcome them all. And, and, and so, you know, we're, we're having fun. I'm coaching. And um, so the way that it works is that every girl has to play, you know, at least one court in the first half. And I'm going to do that anyway, because I'm not, I'm not trying to like make Hall of Famers out of these girls yet. Um, we'll see how the season goes. But so, you know, the second quarter rolls around and I put in this girl, you know, she's late to the game. And so it's her quarter to play. And I kid you not, she's been in for one play. And, and she walks over to me, I'm on the sideline. And she just like puts her hands on her head and she starts these big tears fill her eyes. She's like, I don't know what to do. And I'm like, I don't either. Like, <laughs> get back on the court. Like, she's so helpless. She's like, there are a hundred people in here yelling and, and I don't even know this game yet. I don't know what's offense and what's defense. That speaks more to my coaching than her skill, right? And, 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 and she's just confused. And I go, how many of you come in this morning? And you go, I know that God has something more for me, but you're just so confused. You're overwhelmed. Like, I don't even know what to, where to begin. And when God starts stirring something in you and you don't know where to go, look to the Lord. And I think what that looks like is, is literally just praying and asking God, God, would you make it clear to me what you have for me? God, show me where you want me to go. Show me, God, the next thing that you have for me. And then as you pray that prayer, as you, as you bring it to your heavenly Father, start looking at the things that are unfolding in front of you. Be open to the things that come your way. It's pretty amazing. We're celebrating our seventh birthday here at Marathon. About seven and a half years ago, um, a couple of us on our, our team at Ethos, our staff was pretty small at that time. Our church was small. We still had just one um, church over at the cannery. And, and we felt like God was inviting us to, to plant a church here at Marathon. Literally, the owners of this venue called us and said, hey, if, if you're ever interested in starting another church, we'd love for you to have a church here. I go, talk about favor, right? 
we still have to pay, but right still, like God's, God's going, hey, th- this is a, a door for you. And so we, we, we come in here and, and, and we knew that, that we needed someone to be an anchor for this, this campus. And so we prayed and we talked and we felt like God was just highlighting Andrew Smith. And we're like, man, Andrew's, you know, but he's selling insurance for State Farm and don't know if this is something he's even interested in, but we prayed and we thought. And so we literally called Andrew and I kid you not on the, on the way to interview for another job, he gets a call. Hey, I want you to consider coming and being a campus pastor. What? <laughs> and I go, Andrew's here because God was bringing something right in front of him. He's open to it. And I go, when God is inviting you to take your next step, God is gonna make it clear. It's God that's gonna open the door. I think about Caleb and Lauren, and, and I didn't ask if I could tell this, and so I'll ask for permission or ask for forgiveness if I shouldn't share this. But if you don't know Caleb and Lauren Jenner, you need to get to know them. They're amazing, part of this church family, and I was getting to hang out with them a couple weeks ago, and, and Lauren is this nurse, and she has this heart from a young age to go and serve the nations, to, to, to put her, her skill into practice in a context that, that needs it. And so she just had this desire, literally, like before her and Caleb got married, she and Caleb got married, she said, hey, this is a deal breaker. Like if you're not okay moving to, to uh, another part of the world to serve the Lord, then we're not gonna get married. And, and he's like, yeah, I'm on board. And, and it's just, it's cool. And so they've just kind of been discerning, God, when is the time? And, and they're trying to get their ducks in a row. And so Caleb's an accountant. And the beauty of being an accountant is that you can work remote. And so they started just putting this before the Lord. And one night at house church, you know, he, he knew if, if, if we're gonna do this, if we're gonna go and serve somewhere, I, I need to be able to, to work and, and, and to make money here and to, to provide, but, but I need to be able to work somewhere different. So he goes to house church and, and it happens to be, is at Jake and Nancy's house church and, and they happened to invite one of their friends that night to house church and it was a night that Caleb was sharing his story about God putting it on their heart to, to, to go and to serve globally. And, and the guy that was there that night, that was Jake's friend that came, owns an accounting firm and all of his employees work remote. And he's like, hey, if, if I don't have a job right now, but here's my number and I'll call you in a few months if something comes up. And, and so this summer, the guy calls Caleb and says, hey, if you want that job, it's yours. And I go, guys, when, when God is opening a door, we just have to step through it. You just have to be willing to, to take a step into the things that, that God is doing and, and not running from it. You know, it's, it's, it's neat because Lauren is, is a nurse and, and, and one of the things that she's wanting to do is to, to, to move with her brother and Caleb and their family. And her brother's an ENT doctor. And so that's what he wants to, to do, to go serve somewhere in the ENT world. And Lauren needs, knew that she needed to get some experience uh, getting, um, working in, in that department. It wasn't her department. And, and guess who calls and invites her to, to step into a new shift and a new floor? The ENT department. And I go, there's something that happens when God is opening a door that we're just willing to step into it. I go, what is God putting in front of you? Is it an opportunity? Is it a person to develop a relationship with? What is the thing that God is putting in front? And and some of you go, man, there's there's nothing right now. I'm not trying to put stress on you. I'm not trying to put something that's not there, but but I do encourage you to, to continually ask the Lord, God, do you have something for me? 
and then be willing to step through when the door is open. And so the, 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 the first idea is, is that when you don't know where to go, look to the Lord. The second idea in this text I want us to see is, is, is to respond to the Lord by being honest. Respond to the Lord by being honest. I love verse five. It says, Joshua told the people, consecrate yourselves for tomorrow. The Lord will do amazing things among you. The word consecrate means to set apart as holy. And in their world, what this meant is that they would wash their clothes. They would abstain from sex for a while. They would get rid of anything in their life that was distracting them from the Lord. It was this call to get ready. That God was about to do something in their midst. He was gonna do something through them and for them, but in order for them to be a part of it, in order for, in order for them to enjoy it, they needed to be holy. And that same is true for us. For those of us who are followers of Jesus, to be holy. For each of us to understand that God desires to set us apart. For us to be consecrated, to, to, to be different from our culture. And I go, just, I want you to think about this question this morning. Are you holy right now? Another way to ask this question is, are you on good terms with God? And no one can answer that for you. For those of you who are not Christians, do you wanna know the way that you become holy? How you become good with God? You come to Jesus just as you are. Like literally, that's it. It's not this, that, this, this bunch, jumping through a bunch of hoops of you have to start behaving and then you have to kind of learn the whole story and, and get everything together in your life. No, you just come to Jesus. That's the message that literally he preached. The, 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 the thing that he preached was called the gospel, which just means good news. It's not good news at all. If you have to get everything figured out in your life and get rid of all the patterns and habits in your life that you don't like about yourself and then clean yourself up and then come to God, that's not good news at all. Why? Because we've all tried that. It's good news when Christ says, come just as you are and I'll clean you up and I'll change you. Jesus looks at you when you're willing to come to him just as you are. And these are the words that he speaks to you. You're forgiven. He looks at you and he declares you to be holy. He looks at you when you come to Christ just as you are and says, because of me, you're good with God. You ever had a moment in life where, where someone in authority says something about you and instantly it changes your status? My wife experienced this a couple weeks ago. She and her three younger sisters, they surprised their mom with a 60th birthday trip to Waco, Texas, right? Chip and Joanna land. And, and so they went there for a weekend. And, and while they were there in Waco, they discovered that they had a family friend um, that worked at Baylor. And so they reached out to this friend. The friend said, yeah, hey, come, come hang out. And so they went up there on Friday night. They got out of their PJs. It was late. And they went up there and, and they literally got to stand on the football field and, and in, the in the room where all the recruits are, 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 are going to college. The next morning, he's like, hey, we have a game here tomorrow. Would you guys like to come? And they're like, yeah, that'd be great, right? That's a girl's weekend, right? Girls can go watch football on a girl's weekend. And so they show up and, and, and they're not just uh, sitting on a bleacher. You're in the president's box. And they go down to the field during the game, right? And how many of you have been in the field and again, you can't just like sneak your way down there, right? Without getting arrested, right? And so they're down there. And, and, and how does that happen? Because they're with someone that said, they're with me. They're okay. 
And when you come to Christ, just as you are, he says, they're with me. Brian's with me. Carter's with me. Jenna's with me. In Mark chapter two, there was this man that came to, to Jesus and, and Jesus looks at him and he says, your sins are forgiven. And everything about his life changed in that moment. Think about those words. Christ is speaking those to you. You're forgiven. You know, this is how you get right with God. If, if you're not a Christian, you come to Christ just as you are. For those of you who are Christians, you have to ask that question. We have to ask that question too. Are, are you good with God? Like, are you living for the Lord right now? Are you living for Jesus? Are you living for, for the things that matter most to Jesus? And some of you are. And my encouragement to you is, hey, is, is keep helping others, right? It's, it's my desire that, that every follower of Jesus that's a part of this church family would have another person that every single day you're checking in with. I have a friend in my life and literally every single day like, that he will call and he will encourage me and he'll pray for me and ask me how I'm doing. He'll ask me if I'm being a good husband and a good father and every single day. And I look at my life and I go, one of the most important formational things for me has been just someone in my life. And I go, if, if you're here today and you're in a good place with God, then find someone from this church family. And you go, you know what? Just like Brenda said a couple weeks ago, I'm just gonna just relentlessly encourage you but not just for those of your followers of Jesus. I go for, or for, for, for other followers of Jesus. I go, if you are in a good place with God, let the goodness of God flow through your life to those who aren't Christians. Don't just spend all of your life loving on Christians. Like Christians need love. But people who don't, need, who don't know Jesus, they need the love of Jesus. And maybe God has selected you to be the person through which his love is intending to flow. And maybe you look at your life and you're like, man, I'm, I'm not around a lot of non-Christians. And I encourage you to, to think about the, the, the patterns of your life. Think about, re rethink about the spaces that you find yourself in. Man, do you, do you go to the climbing gym? Do you love to go to a coffee shop on a Saturday and read? Man, is, is your thing shopping at Target? Like, what's your thing? <laughs> Rethink about the, 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 the places that God puts you. And go, God, is, is there someone here that, that needs your love today? Are you opening a door for me today? Some of you come here this morning and, and you're followers of Jesus, but, but you've lost focus. You've become distracted. The, the battle is hard. And, and, and I believe the Lord just wants to call you back in today. Maybe you've been ignoring God. Maybe you've been running from God. Maybe you've been just ignoring the, the call to, to live fully for Jesus in this world. And I love Romans chapter two, verse four it says, don't you know that God's kindness leads you to repentance? It's not God's anger, God's frustration, God's disappointment. Don't you know that if, you're, if you've gotten distracted, if you've, if you've taken your focus off of Jesus, it's the kindness of Jesus that calls you back into this life with him. You know, when my kids are, are being rotten, and they stop, Court and I don't hold it over them because we're interested in relationship, not retribution, right? Like Court, Court and I weren't just sitting around going, you know what, who can we just punish for the rest of our lives? Let's have children, right? <laughs> and some of us, that's our picture of God. We're like, man, God brought, for, God brought us forth so that he can just be angry at us all the time. No, God brought you forth so he could love you. 
so that your love could flow through his life to a world and a city that desperately needs the love of Jesus. And I go, if you come in this morning and you're a follower of Jesus and, and, you've, and you've grown cold in your love to Jesus or the mission to, to make him known, I love the words in Revelation chapter two. It says, hey, you've, maybe you've forsaken your first love. You know, I go, man, does some of you come here this morning and if you're being honest, do, do you love your career more than you love Christ? Do you love your spouse more than you love Christ? Do you love your comfort more than you love Christ? And, and, and he goes, hey, you've forsaken your first love. And the end of Revelation chapter two says, so do the things that you did at first. For those of you who are followers of Jesus and, and maybe you've become distracted, I go, what are the things that you used to do that cultivated a love for Jesus and for mission? And do those things again. The final movement in this text from verse 14 and 17 Man, when, when the Lord moves, lean in. When the Lord moves, lean in. So verse 14. So when the people broke camp to cross the Jordan, the priests carrying the ark of the covenant went ahead of them. Now the Jordan is at flood stage all during harvest. Yet as soon as the priests who carried the ark reached the Jordan and their feet touched the water's edge, the water from upstream flowed, stopped flowing. It piled up in a heap a great distance away at a town called Adam in the vicinity of Zarethan. While the water flowing down to the Sea of the Arabah, that is the Dead Sea, was completely cut off. So the people crossed over opposite Jericho. The priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stopped in the middle of the Jordan and stood on dry ground while all Israel passed by until the whole nation had completed the crossing on dry ground. And this is huge, that, that, that God, you need to know this, that God is not gonna call you into something and not bring you all the way in. That there is not an obstacle that you'll face if God is inviting you to take a step to lean more fully into life with him or life in his mission. He's not calling you into this life and then like, hey, you gotta figure this out. No, where there's, where there's an obstacle, God's gonna move you right through it. It's where God has always been. It's, so what's happening here is, is they're about to cross in this land. They come to this river, right? And they're, they come to this river and they're like, man, how are we gonna cross it? Imagine going to Titans football game and, you, and instead of going to the pedestrian bridge, you walk down to the, to the, 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 the river and all of a sudden the, the water just stops flowing. It's miraculous. And this is what happened. What's so cool is that, is that God had done this exact same for the generation before them. That when God brought them out of Egypt, God split a sea. So their ancestors had experienced God in this way. And now they're getting to experience God in this way. And I believe that God works in mysterious and wonderful ways among generations. And I believe that God is, is opening the door. He's splitting the sea for, for our generation, for us. And he's looking for some people who are serious. Like, do you actually wanna step into the, the, the life that I've created for you? Or are you content staying in the wilderness wondering? I'm convinced that, that God is, is inviting us and wanting us to step into the life that he wants us to live, a life completely consumed with Christ, with his power and his promises and his mission. And if you come here today and, and you want the life that you've always wanted, whether you know it or not, that life is found in Jesus. That life is found in, in living for and with Jesus. One of the things that my wife and I do at night is we, we read our kids' stories and we try to read the Bible to them every single night. And I've recently become convicted because I don't want just my kids to, to know the stories. 
I want them to know the God behind the stories. And those are two different things. Right? Many of you, maybe, you come here today and you know a bunch of things about God. You know a bunch of things about Jesus, but you don't really know him. I want my kids to, to know his voice. To know that he's real. I want my kids to trust him, to enjoy him, to love him. If you want the life you've always wanted, it's found in Christ. To yielding your life to his purposes. It's pretty amazing that, that a few thousand years later, that this same Jordan River is the river that Jesus would step in. In Matthew chapter three, verse 13, it says that Jesus came to the Jordan to be baptized by his cousin, John. This is beautiful, that the same river that, that God cut off to bring his people into the land. We meet the man, Jesus Christ, who, who would step into his calling in this same river, that he would grow up and 33 years later, he would be crucified on a cross. He would die for the sins of the world, that, that Christ would be cut off so that you could be brought in. 2 Corinthians chapter five says that God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we could become the righteousness of God. And I go, guys, I think God is really wanting us. He's inviting us, to, the water is parted to step into this life with Christ or to step back into life with Christ, to not let this moment pass you. I think the Lord has amazing things for us that the Lord wants to do in our city, in our country, and in all the nations across the world. And don't underestimate the step that God is inviting you to take and the way that God will use it. If you're not a Christian, Christ died for you. He died for your sins. He rose from the dead. Jesus is, is alive. He's not just a figure in a story thousands of years ago. He's alive. Do you believe that, that you're forgiven, that you're good with God because of Jesus, that you're forgiven? I love Philippians chapter three, verse 12, where it says, in him and by faith in him, we have confidence and freedom to approach God. What does it mean to, to be in Christ? It means that you give your life to him. It means that you believe in your head and your heart. It means that you go in the water, you give your life to him in baptism. It's just this moment where, where you're exchanging your life, where there's this death that happens. Baptism is that you literally go out into the water and the person that you were and all of your sins, they're, they're laid to death. And you come up anew, you come up, you're filled with the spirit of the living God. It's a, it's a parting of, uh, of, of your old life. And it's exchange, it's an exchange of, of you getting a new life. On Wednesday night, we're having a, a, a baptism gathering with all of our three gatherings at the cannery at seven o'clock. And I go, man, if, if God is calling you to step into life with Christ, you don't have to have it all figured out. You don't have to have the answers. All you have to know is, do you believe that Christ is alive? And here in just a minute, we're gonna take some time to respond. I invite you to come to the respond banner in the back and talk to one of us. Fill out one of those cards in your seat. If you are a Christian, one of the steps that, that God might be inviting you to take is to love, love Christ publicly, to love Christ privately. I don't know about you, but man, I've been so just encouraged 
and honestly just kind of convicted by Kanye this week. Go watch Carpool Karaoke with Kanye this afternoon if you haven't seen it yet. The, the way that, that he is so boldly just talking about Christ and what Christ has done in his life. And I go, man, am I that bold? And I go, if, if you love Christ, don't keep it private. How do you think people are gonna hear about Christ if we're never talking about him? Go public when, when God gives you an opportunity to talk boldly about Jesus and who he is to you and what he's done for you. Take the opportunity. Love Christ privately. For some of you who've lost, who've lost the, the, the love for Jesus, do the things that you did at first. You know, one of the opportunities that we're inviting you today to, to love Christ privately is, is to give. And we passed around these buckets and I go, do you realize that tomorrow seven church planners are gonna get an email or a phone call saying, hey, that there are some Christians in Nashville that God moved in to support you. And they wanna support you as you go and share Jesus in your city. Imagine if you're on the other side of that and some random people that you've never met said, hey, we believe in what God's doing in you. Imagine the fuel on the fire. And I go, for some of you, maybe the, the step to love Christ privately is to, be, to invest in him in his kingdom and his people. And I don't pretend to know every step that God is inviting you to take all the opportunities, but here's what I wanna invite us to do. I wanna invite you to close your eyes if you feel comfortable. And I'm just gonna ask God this one question. This is the question I'm gonna ask. God, what are you wanting me to hear today? And maybe it was something that was said today or maybe it's something that God spoke to you a while ago but you forgot or, or maybe God might have a, a, a new word for you today. And I just wanna encourage you that, that you all, all of you hear from God. John 10 verse 27 says that my sheep listen to my voice and if you come here today and you're going, man, I can't hear from God, I don't hear from God, sign up for this thing called Freedom Prayer if you don't believe me. You can find it on our website. I'll prove to you that you can hear from God, Okay. But here's what I want to invite you to do. I want you to listen. We're going to take 30 seconds. God, what do you want me to hear today? So God, we create space, not just for your scripture to speak, but we want and need your spirit to speak. Not just through the scripture, but to us specifically. And so Lord, I'm asking for each of us, what are you wanting us to hear today? Thank you, Lord, for letting us come to you and asking such bold requests, even though you're the king, the creator. We love you, Lord. In your name we pray, amen.